Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Yeah, they did awesome. I'm so sad I got to miss that, but I heard many great reports. And uh, today I want to talk about unused gifts. Unused gifts. If you're a follower of Christ here today, did you know you actually have access to nine superpowers that give you an edge and an advantage in life? Did you know that? I know the superpowers thing's a little cheesy, but this is kind of how the Bible talks about it. That we actually have spirit. Gifts of the spirit that where not only does the Bible say that we should be using, but it says that we should be desiring and passionate about using the gifts. Nine gifts. And I know in my life, I've heard this preached, I've lived it out, there's been seasons, but there's a time where I forget that I've got gifts to use. That's been promised. We're going to look at this today. If we're a follower of Christ, if we believe what the Bible says, we need to believe Jesus when he makes this crazy statement. Jesus says what kind of statement? In John 16, verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. So this is Jesus Christ. What? Says that if, it's going to be better that I go away because if I don't go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him. This almost sounds like blasphemy, that what Jesus, like, you going away, there's going to be something better than you going. It would be, almost be blasphemy if it wasn't the fact that Jesus was saying it himself. So he's saying when he's killed and resurrected, when he clears a pathway for us to God, there's a helper that we're going to have access to 24-7 in our life, not just for the superpowers, but so much more. But we're going to focus in on the nine gifts of the Spirit today. The question is for you and I today in this next 20 minutes and in this place during pond, I believe the whole house did as we were singing and declaring songs, there was faith rising. Faith's actually one of the gifts of the Spirit we're going to talk about. Um, but the question is, are we willing to receive the help from the helper, the Holy Spirit? It's a simple question. I'm a simple guy. Are we willing to receive the help promised by Jesus of the helper who is the Holy Spirit? Are we willing to desire and act in a way that shows that the gifts of the Spirit will be utilized in a way that God would have us use them in our life? Are we actually desiring the gifts? I uh, had the experience, and I'd love to say this is a once-off, this forget something that you need for that day, for your day to function smoothly. So the other day at work, um, I got to the office, I unpacked my things, and I realized, like, shoot, I don't have my laptop charger with me. And so it, my laptop lasted, like, a, you know, it's meant to last, like, three or four hours, but it's Windows, it lasted, like, 30 minutes and died on me. And then, um, and so I'm, my day was changed, and I was functioning out of the idea that I didn't have what I needed to do the work I needed to do. I didn't have my laptop charger. So I went about my day, I tried to make it work, I'm on my phone, but it's never good, like never as good, doing emails, everything like that. Got through the end of the day, 
long day. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm exhausted because that was just hard. I, I didn't have the tools that I needed to do what I needed to do, where the thing that you needed to make that day function well was right there the whole time, but you didn't realize it. And because you didn't realize it, you weren't able to use it. I feel like this is how I and many of us function most of the time in regards to the gifts of the Spirit. We either are unaware that we have them with us, so we don't use them. We're unaware of how to use them, so they don't get used. And it actually throws off our day, throws off the week, throws off the impact we're meant to have in our life and others' lives because we're not using the thing that God's already given us. It's right there on the passenger seat, but we're not actually picking it up, plugging Jesus. In this place, there's activation taking place that we're going to be able to step out of here. I believe God's wanting to activate the wisdom bringers, those who will bring wisdom into situations, knowledge revealers, those who will be able to get knowledge from the unseen realm and bring that into our realm this week. Those who are going to pray for people, they're going to be healed. Miracles are going to take place. Faith is going to rise. People who haven't um, been able to speak in different languages before, the, the angelic languages, or the, even in, the, in a more um, broad sense of being able to speak in a way that people can hear you, that's going to shift because these are the gifts of the Spirit that are offered to us. Discernment. These kind of things. So let's jump into the scripture today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Bible is your phone. Turn there. I love bringing my Bible because I like to highlight, highlight and scribble in it and do notes. Um, and whenever, you know, the preacher, I don't do that for myself, obviously, because that's a bit weird. But when someone else is speaking, take notes because it's like proof is in the pudding that when we take notes, when we highlight, when we engage, we actually retain so much more of what God has for us on a, on a Sunday morning or wherever we are than if we just don't engage at all. So I'd encourage us to be a church that brings journals or notes stuff down, not just even things I say, but God will drop stuff into your spirit. And I, if you're anything like me, God can speak to you so clearly. The heavens can part. He can speak to you. And by the time we drive out there, we've forgotten about it if we haven't noted it down and written it down. Writing to the church at Corinth here, um, these are believers that he's writing to a church that's church gone wild, basically what's taking place. Church has gone wild. They've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. They're behaving in a way that very much looks like the world. Did you know that we're actually meant to look different to the world in our behavior? But Paul's calling them out and saying, hey, particularly around the area of sexuality for them, they're acting no different than the pagans around them. They're going wild in their behavior. But they're passionate about God. And they're passionate about seeing the power of God used. And the gifts of the Spirit are still active and alive in their midst. Isn't that interesting? God doesn't really meant to use it appropriately. So they're behaving crazy. And then when they come to church together, there's all this craziness going on in their service. There's cliques taking place. There's people trying to out-spiritual gift the next person. So it's like, I don't know if anybody's ever been in a prayer circle or a prayer battle, I call it, where like someone prays something, but someone doesn't agree with that prayer, so then they try to pray a little contradiction. Anyone been in that? No, no, just me. Okay. But there's this thing going on in church when they get together that's becoming more about them than it is about God. It's becoming more about them than it is about other people getting to experience God. But Paul isn't um, saying that this is uh, entirely a bad thing, what's taking place. He's just trying to redirect it. And, re- and go, hey, there's actually a purpose for the Holy Spirit issues. He's presented the gospel. He's talking about living pure. He's talking about unity. And then we pick it up in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. 
other translations or way that word could be translated unaware is ignorant. So Paul's saying, concerning the spiritual gifts, I want you to be aware. Paul wants them to be informed and knowledgeable in the area of spiritual gifts. Me too. I want us to be aware. I want myself to be aware. We are a charismatic body of believers at C3. Now, charismatic movement um, is a part of the, the church that we are kind of associated with, and I know that that brings up all kinds of baggage. For it's actually talking about the charismata of, of the spiritual gifts. This is the original language. This is how it describes spiritual gifts. And being a charismatic church, we believe that the gifts are still active. We believe that even though over the years maybe they've been abused, they've been used wrong, maybe you've had a bad experience with them because what was taking place in Corinth, um, Corinth was actually people were having a bad experience coming in because the gifts were getting used in a way it wasn't meant to get used, doesn't mean they don't exist. Doesn't mean that we can't change that and begin to use them in our lives, for our lives, for other people in a way. We are proudly a charismatic church at C3, and I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I do not want us to be unaware or ignorant towards it, and I don't want to be ignorant towards it. Charismata actually, um, as it describes spiritual gifts, actually is defined as manifest or expressions, outward expressions or manifestations of grace. Isn't that interesting? The spiritual gifts are actually described as a manifestation or an expression of the grace of God. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant to bring the grace of God in our midst. That's an amazing thing. Verse 2, it says, You know that when you were pagans, religious means unbelievers, because in the Israelite mindset of the day, or Jewish or the Middle Eastern culture, there was, there was Jewish people and there was everyone else. So there's um, unbelievable spirits. You used to be enticed and led as cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is a little bit obscure versing. It's a bit weird what's going on there. Uh, many people think Paul's actually addressing a very specific thing in the church at that time, that Gnosticism had crept in, and people were actually getting themselves into such a frenzy, such a charismatic frenzy, they were beginning to say weird things like Jesus is cursed, and it's just kind of strange. We're not going to camp out there today. Uh, today. Why don't you guys research on that and teach me about it sometime? Because I want to jump into verse 4. Here it is, the main passage. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. To each person, each per for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. I love the level of faith in here today. To another, the gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles another prophecy, another distinguishing between the spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues. And then the, the last one there, the ninth one, interpretation of tongues. Whole list of there. Each one could have a sermon preached on them. We're not going to do that. Don't worry. But the final verse there says, one and the same spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person. Say that again. Each person. Yeah. On, on this passage and where we're heading, because I believe God's calling us to start to stir up the spiritual gifts again, to stir them up. And Paul's speaking to a church that's using it in a wild way, and I think we cannot have that accusation here or in the body of Christ currently here in Calgary or Canada. I think we're maybe on the opposite extreme, that we're forgetting about the gifts of the Spirit. We don't have the problem of overindulging. We have a problem of underindulging in the gifts of spirit, the superpowers that God's given us, me included in that, 
but God's going to stir it up today. So a few points here. Elite, gifts of the Spirit here, the, char- the gifts of the Spirit aren't just for the spiritual elite. They are for everyday believers. It's not just for the apostles, the disciples, the preachers, the super spiro person out there doing their thing. It's actually for each everyday people. The church, uh, uh, um, the Corinthians church here, Paul isn't speaking to just leaders and just pastors. He's speaking to everyday people, unnamed people, people that we will never know the name of, but they've made it to the Bible because Paul is speaking to them. It's for everyday people like you and I. God's given us the gifts. You know, I know a, a guy in our C3 community, actually, who you, when you look at him, he would seem like just a very ordinary kind of guy, a pretty clean-cut kind of guy. And he works in a very high-up um, business area, travels around. Don't try and guess who it is, Shelby. I can see you smiling there. High up. <laughs> Inside jokes going there. It's all good. No. Um, and so he, what happens for him is he goes into these a crazy business, multi-million dollar, multi-staff, un- potential unemployment levels going on. So pe- businesses where millions of dollars are at stake, people's livelihoods are at stake. And the night before, he'll wake up early by God and God will give him a picture in his mind of, he'll reveal a word of knowledge of how that meeting's going to play. How does he do it? And he says, it's just the Lord. He'll wake up. He'll get a picture of who's going to be sitting where, how it's going to work out. And then the Lord will give him a word of wisdom of how he's meant to bring healing to that circumstance because it's often a conflict. Ordinary guy, just like you and I, using the gifts of spirit to impact change in the marketplace. Amazing thing. I uh, had a friend at Bible college who, before he started coming to Bible college, would uh, do a lot of, missions work in the Australian uh, First Nations people. He would go out to different tribes. And I, th- I think similar to here, they, there's lots of different, depending where you are in the country, there's different local dialects of language, different words. And so some of the chat he were going to had lang- bring the gospel in. He, he would think he's speaking English, but he would actually be speaking the language of that local tribe. And people would come and meet Jesus. Ordinary person. Not some crazy theologian, not some radical, just someone who wanted to see Jesus move and desired to use the gifts would walk in and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but can you speak to these people in a language they'll understand? And they would do it. This is what we have access to. If we're willing to step out and utilize the gifts of the Spirit. I could go on and on, and I know many of us have those experiences. So they're not just for the spiritual elite. The gifts are for everyday believers. Second point is they're given to each person and you and I. But here's the thing. Not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. Every believer gets given the gifts of the Spirit, but not every Christian unwraps and learns to use the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know if anybody's ever received a gift. No, I know you've probably all received a gift, but in the physical, we're stepping up, going into Christmas season. And somehow... It's got lost on Christmas Day or something, and like it's been put aside or whatever. And then, like, you get to have Christmas again the next day as you discover a gift. Like, um, that hasn't happened to me, but I'm just saying, maybe it's happened to you. And just picture that idea, though, of you get given a gift, right? The process of getting given a gift in the natural is you get given it the further away and never unwrap it. Then, how do you even know what you have been given? And it's the same with the Holy Spirit in our life. 
God wants to fill us to overflow, to function in the gifts of the Spirit. When we accept Christ, we get the Holy Spirit. He's right with us. But it's up to us whether we're actually filled with that Holy Spirit or we're functioning out of that. I could preach off into so many tangents today, but I'm trying to not do that. I'm trying to allow God to stir up and raise up in us a desire for the spiritual gifts. So I can already feel that some people are saying, no, no, none of that's for me. I just want to come. I just want to worship. I just want to go and live my life. Uh -uh, I don't think we're going to get off of that in this environment because God is in the city, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families, and be a people who aren't just ticking a box on a Sunday morning but are using the spiritual gifts to bring God glory in our lives and in our worlds. So um, one of the most life-changing revelations, I think, for you and I that we can have is that it is for you and I. It's not, that's for the person next to me, or that's for so-and-so, or that's for the leaders of the church. No, the greatest revelation we could have today is the gifts of the Spirit. That's for you and I. That's for me. I am going to take that. I'm not going to be shorted out from anything that God has for me. He has called me. He has equipped me. He has readied me, and He is leading me in to activating nine superpowers in my life. To Now, what is the common good? In a world that says, well, that might be good for you, but it's not good for me, and your good matters, and my good, blah, 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 blah. What does the Bible actually say is the common good in the, in the context of this? Well, Paul answers that a couple chapters later in Corinthians 14, 12. He says, so also you, speaking to each one, speaking to the everyday believers, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. Building the church. Now, Straight away, some of us think that means build, build the church. No, the church is the body of believers. The church is each other. He's speaking in here, and the Holy Spirit, through the Scriptures, through Paul, is speaking to a bunch of believers, spiritual gift building them up rather than building up others. And, and often, but we're actually all called to build up each other, to build other people in our lives. And, and often we think in the church that it's about we're meant to, go out and build up the world outside of the body of believers. Now, this is true, but it's actually meant to be in here first. Anytime that um, the Apostle Paul, really through Scripture, talks about um, serving, talks about loving, talks about activating the gifts of the Spirit, he's starting with each other first, because then out of that overflows into our city streets and into our workplaces the love of God, because we would love each other and serve each other and build each other up, care for each other so much that it would compel the world to come and be a church, the body of believers, not the building, people. The common good is that we would use the gifts to build others, to build up each other. Um, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so take it. I won't go down that path. Holy, the last kind of thing here before we move into the next passage is that Holy Spirit is active. He's doing things. And he's full of action. The Holy Spirit wants to be where the action's at. The Holy Spirit wants to be at a place where he's invited in to be used. He he's, wants to be in a place where there's life and things are happening and things are taking place and things are lively. He, he's everywhere, yes, but where he's active is where people are taking action. Active, he's doing things, he's full of action. It's are we willing to jump into that or do we want to just live an ordinary plain life? That's the decision. And I, for one, am done. This last couple years has shown me that I'm done trusting in some of the stuff of this world that I thought was cool, the thought was action-filled. I want to be moved by the Holy Spirit so much to make an impact on the streets and in this community and in this city that all nine gifts of the Spirit, I'm not just going to settle for one. I want to use all nine gifts of the Spirit 
Every day, I want to be blessing people because we all learned, I think, that some of the stuff we thought was meaningful actually was meaningless. And some of the stuff that we were ignoring is actually the meaningful things in life. So motives matter. Moving into the next part, we have nine superpowers, but then he goes on into this very famous scripture. You may have heard it at weddings um, or cards or things like that. It says, First Corinthians, I'm just a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and knowledge, speaking of the wisdom and knowledge gifts, and if I have all that faith, that gift of faith, if I give over my body in order to boast, um, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, not self-seeking. The list goes on. We know the scripture. Um, it, It just finds love. Verse 8, prophecy ends. Okay, and this is an important part here we need to get right. It says, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. So the gifts will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, speaking of the return of Jesus, because nothing else is perfect. So it has to be, it's saying here, hey, this stuff's going to end, but the end date's when Jesus returns. This is going to end, these gifts, but the end is when Jesus comes back and we step into the new heaven and the new earth and all that takes place. That's when they will end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection fully known. Now these three things remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Wow. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach another sermon because I could do that off there. But this is what Paul is saying. So in the context of what's going on, we should use that at weddings. It's great. It gives a great definition of love. But he's literally talking about spiritual gifts and how they should be used. And then he goes into this. So there's a connection between these. And this is what I, I think he's saying and wanting to remind us today. That gifts without love can be a demonstration of God's power, a true demonstration. But because of the motive, they're rendered powerless. So they still take place, love and but the power doesn't extend. In your midst is not a genuine uh, experience of God. He's saying it is, but your motives are wrong. So it's still happening. And many people have used this previous passage of Scripture to say that uh, the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit, well, that was only for the time of the disciples, and that was only the time of the apostles, and then when they ended, it ended. But uh, last time I read the Word of God, that's when the Spirit, they weren't perfect even though they were awesome. And it says when the perfect comes, that's when the Spirit's going to end. So I believe this reinforces for us that the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit, the nine superpowers are more active now than ever if we're willing to step into it. It's a theological fallacy to say that it ended with the disciples. And so with this saying, look, guys, ultimately what comes down is that you just only love. Only love. Don't worry about the gifts that I just spent a whole bunch of time teaching on there right beforehand. I just want you to love. But he's also not saying, I just want you to use the gifts and not worry about love. They go hand in hand. It says, straight after verse 13. Fancy this. The Bible actually functions together and there's connected points. They're not separate subpoints, just off pick alone verses, but there's actually a story and a narrative going on in a response. Who would have thought it? But he says in Corinthians 14 verse 1, as we kind of start to get into the Final little downhill of the message here that's just going to launch up. Answer between the tension of should we just love or should we be pursuing these gifts that he's addressing. 
He says this. He says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. It's not one. It's not the other. It's both. We're meant to pursue love and desire the spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. It's interesting. Paul hit, hits this a couple times through his letters. There's something about prophecy and building others up that we're meant to step into. But he's saying, use the gifts and pursue love. Don't emphasize one or the other too much. If you look into the original language, I love this language it uses, almost in a romantic way, romantic pursuit. Ah, oh, some of you guys who are in couples right now remember that time, pursuing that person that you saw across the classroom. You made eye contact and you saw, and then you went out and saw it, and so you pursued something. It's talking about that kind of thing, um, a pursuit of in a loving, romantic way, obviously not in an abusive way um, where it's like, uh, I'm going to pursue you. Hey, why are you looking through my window right now kind of way? It's actually a, a loving, pursuing way. Isn't it like I, I thought a couple years ago, aside that they canceled that Baby It's Cold Outside song. I've been hearing that everywhere. Thank you, Jesus, because we all know that song was just a simple flirt and a pursuit, nothing sinister. But let's move on. Song, Baby It's Cold Outside. As I sing it to my wife, and she just looks at me with that Britney flight face that some of you guys know of. No, not, no, just, just, just go away from me. He's talking about that kind of romantic pursuit, a passionate, passionate love. Now, the Corinthian church was passionate in some great ways and some passionate in some not great ways. And he's continuing to use that theme of, hey, you need to be passionate in how you love people. You need to actually chase being up. What? I, I thought love just happened. I thought love would just fall onto us, and, I, and I'm just, if I love someone, I love people, and if I don't love them, then I stay away from them. No, he's actually saying we have to chase after being a people who love other people. Some of us hearing it's easy to love, easy to care, easy to build up, and you're going to find people, maybe it's not quite as easy for you to love. Is, it any, is that just the pastor here, or does other people find that? as well? Some people are very easy to love, and, and other people make it a little bit more difficult. Now, when you actually dig below the surface, the reason they're probably making it difficult is because they've been hurt. They've got something going on in their life where they need someone to reach out to them. Uh, what you see as a hard exterior and someone who, who doesn't like you is actually someone who's put up a wall because they've been hurt so many times in the body of Christ. They need someone to love. And sometimes we find it times, and it's not even that. Maybe it's just we know these people more, so we want to talk to those people more, but Paul's even addressing that in this church, that we're actually meant to love each other and get to know each other and care for each other. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Both passionate words, both speak of, of romantic passion. We're meant to love and desire the spiritual gifts. David, uh, David P.H. in the Baker's uh, Bible commentary, that's one of my favorite commentaries at the moment. I'm, I'm using it for uh, my school. Some of you guys know I'm studying at the moment uh, at Bible college again. And it's, he says it like this, um, summing up this last passage that we've talked about. He says, therefore, it is no one demonstrates it that does. So having a gift and using the gift isn't, doesn't make you spiritual, mature. It's how we're doing it. That is whether one manifests it with love. Any gift exercised for selfish purposes may be a genuine gift of the Spirit, but it's actually worthless to an individual and those around them. It's wild. Where else do I want to go here today? 
Corinthians 14, verse 12, we already shared that. It says, uh, since, you're, uh, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. Paul also talks about this desire and this hunger that if we want to see the gifts, if we want to see the superpowers in our life, and I believe God's aware or didn't believe that we had access to the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, we're going to pray at the end of the day. I'd love to lay hands on people at the end of the service and activate the gifts of the Spirit because it's to your advantage and to those around you that we tap into it. We tap into the unseen realm, which is our series, and it's our final one today. We tap into that unseen realm that God has on offer, bring it into the seen realm, like Brad said, bring heaven to earth and see something great happen. Paul says, really, the only thing that's stopping us from having the gifts active in our life, I'm saying this broadly, is do we desire it? Are we stirring it up? Now, the Corinthians had some men who didn't have a messed up life, but right there is a bunch of people who he's addressed their behavior, but he's also addressing the fact that the gifts are active. It's crazy to think that it's not just about getting everything right and doing everything right and living the perfect little life. It's actually, do we desire the gifts of the Spirit? Are we passionately after the gifts of the Spirit? And then God will work out some of that stuff. I don't want anyone disqualifying yourself today from the gifts of the Spirit because there's something in your life, the behavior that you think stopping you. Jesus dealt with that on the cross. He's cleared the pathway to have access to it. Do we neglect those things? Uh-uh. No, there's a whole bunch about what Paul's addressing is you need to change your behavior. But it doesn't mean you have to be perfect before the gift. <laughs> don't know where I got verse 3 from. First Thessalonians 5.19, Paul says, Do not quench the Spirit. So don't put the Spirit out. Do not despise prophecies. So he's talking about gifts. You can actually, if you're not pursuing them and you're, if you're quenching them. Um, he says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 14, Do not neglect the gift that's in you, he says to Tim. So we can actually neglect if we don't desire it. And therefore, I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of hands. He's talking about a gift of a different gift of preaching there. But the fact is, do we have access to gifts? Are we willing to use it? Are we willing to desire them? That's the word for us today here. As we step into the Christmas season, we're going to start exciting to me. And it's exciting I just said that properly because my Australian accent and ours, ugh, Lord take me now. But um, I'm excited for that series. We're going to be talking about uh, Christmas, obviously, and leading up to it. In January, I'm looking forward to, I think we're going to preach, this is what the Lord's been speaking to me about, um, looking onward and outward, because God's calling us to look outward to other people. But today, have you ever, have you, sorry, are you willing to receive the gifts the Holy Spirit has for you? Are you willing to desire the gifts of the Spirit again. If you've quenched them, are you willing to up again? Have you ever received a gift that requires learning to use it? I pick, picture back to, I think it was my 16th birthday. Um, some of you guys might think I'm a late bloomer for this, but I really wanted a remote control helicopter. Um, and, and I really wanted it, and I thought it was just the greatest idea, and everyone was like, my mom and dad were like, what do you want? Like, you're 16, like, come on, man. Like, and I was like, I just want a helicopter. And... Um, and got the helicopter as a gift, unwrapped the gift, but it was so hard to use that I just put the gift aside. You can unwrap the gift, you can have a little taste of the gift, and we sometimes get put off because it didn't work out how we thought it would work out. And so then I remember after a couple of days, I came, oh, this gift's starting to work a little bit now. 
Now I'm still crashing it all over the place and hitting the cat and all those kind of things, like with a helicopter, but I'm starting to get some traction as I started to use the gift. And then, um, and then you know, you can get frustrated again and put it aside and that, but then you pick it up again. I remember picking it up, and after using the gift more and more and tweaking and learning, I actually got really good at riding the helicopter around in the, in the field in my, my place. This is the same with the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to have it perfect straight away. We're not just going to be able to pick it up and use it. It actually requires us unwrapping, stepping out, giving it a go. Okay, I need to tweak something. But if we never get past that first step of activating it and using it, we'll never get it to grow into the gift that God out in faith. You've done something and you felt like, ah, it just didn't work for me. No, that did work. You were going through the process of design by God of using and activating and learning how to use the gift. Pick it up again. I think that's the word for some of us today. Pick up the gifts again. I know it's embarrassing sometimes when it doesn't work. I know that sometimes it can be a little hurtful, but, but if we want to access the gifts of God, we've got to be willing to unwrap, use, learn, and keep going with the gifts. Pick it up again in the name of the Lord. Let's stand together as we pray to close the service off today. Have the worship team back. The first thing... In- Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.